to Popcorn Hangover. I'm Anna. And I'm John. And today is our 20th episode. Cannot believe that. But to celebrate the occasion, we are finally getting into our favorite franchise of all time, Marvel. Yeah, we were racking our brains and trying to figure out what would be a worthy movie of a big occasion, and we couldn't really come up with anything, so we decided that we'd finally tackle the MCU, and what better way to tackle the MCU than at the very beginning? So we are doing Iron Man today, if you live under a rock and didn't know what that franchise started (laughs) with. (laughs) Maybe you thought it was the Hulk, the fellow 2008 movie. Oh, no. (laughs) But yeah, we just, we've been saving it for a long time. John keeps asking me, you know, when when should we do Marvel? When should we do Marvel? And I just never thought there was a right time or like I wanted to make sure we were better at this, I guess, mm-hmm. before we started into, you know, our favorite, one of our favorite things of all time is Marvel movies. So we're excited to get started and talking about that. But before we start, uh, we're going to talk about some movie news that has to do with Marvel's competitor, DC. <laughs> Well, and I think that that's why this is a good episode to do this, because there's so much DC news that we kind of have to counter it (laughs) with, you know, like an hour of talking about something else. Um, So as Anna said, this week's news is almost exclusively DC. That is because at the time that we're recording yesterday, DC had their virtual uh, fan event called DC Fandom, and it basically was their Comic-Con panel, but... They controlled all of it because Comic-Con obviously got canceled this year. So there was a mixture of announcements, some big, some small, about DC TV properties, movies. But there's four topics we're going to touch on because there's four really big pieces of news that I think anyone anyone who's talking about DC right now is going to be talking about these four things. Yeah, super exciting. So in no order in particular, just what I happened to write them down. I don't even think this is how the panels went yesterday, but the very first thing, and some people think it's the biggest piece of news or the second biggest, we saw the first trailer yesterday for the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Before we kind of talk about what's different about it, uh, they gave some news on kind of what it's going to be. It's been rumored for a while that it was going to actually be more in line with like a TV series and not an actual movie. And it it's kind of a little bit of both. So it's going to release in 2021 in four one-hour installments directly to HBO Max. Like but, one per week? So they didn't say if it's going to be weekly. They better just put it all out once, otherwise I will flip a shit. So the, the thing is, though, it's going to come out in four one-hour installments, but then they're going to release a version where it's just all together. And they were unclear on if it's going to be different like if there's going to be a hard cut or if it would just go straight into it. Like the panel was very disjointed, but we got a lot of really interesting information about things that had been cut out of the original version. It seems like in the in the Snyder cut they're going to deal more with time travel. The Flash I guess is going to run through time and see the future if um whatever the villain's name would have won. Like there's a lot of weird stuff that's going to be going on in it. But that's cool because it sets up Whatever, what's the, Flash? The Flash. Flashpoint, yeah. yeah. Well, no, but the movie, so they're going to be doing the Flashpoint story, but it's just called The Flash. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. So, yeah. But, but still, it sets that up in a way better way, mm-hmm. and yeah, 
I just think it's awesome, too. They're focusing on things that we really wanted them to focus on. Yeah. From our, listen to our Justice League episode to learn more about the things we fought, thought were wrong with that movie. But I think, and obviously we're a ways off from seeing if this works or not, but the fact that they're giving a, the director a second shot is either going to be a huge home run or just a start of a very poor trend in Hollywood where if people complain enough that something will just get changed. So I'm hoping that it is more successful. And based on this first trailer, it looked better. They It looked like some of that sloppy, like weird CGI from that final fight is different now. And maybe that's just they have more money and, and also time. They're, they're really, they're also living in the darkness that they with that yeah. they're trying to accomplish. It, it looks like it's going to be... Um, more adult, mm-hmm. so to speak, as adult as a comic book movie can be. So I don't know. I'm I'm excited for it. They didn't say if it's going to be spring, fall, whenever. But yeah, I thought it was coming out like in a few <clears throat> months. And then it said 2021. I was going to wait so long. The nice thing with this project, though, is that they don't have to film anything new. They're just editing old stuff. So this is something that won't really be affected by COVID too much. So mm-hmm. you know that's at least a small positive. But let's. Let's transition to the next DC piece of news, and since we talked about The Flash, let's talk about The Flash's upcoming movie titled The Flash. That was really wordy, what I just said. Yeah. But this movie is either going to be incredible or a mess. Uh, Ben Affleck is officially back as Batman. Michael Keaton is also going to be in this movie as Batman. Um, The director said that The Flash is going to deal with time, time travel alternate timelines and it's going to be the true starting off point for the dc multiverse so basically everything that dc has done up to this point is just kind of going to be considered its own thing and this is going to be the real start of dc's mcu counterpoint it's them once again trying to hit the restart button yes if this doesn't work i don't know what will well and as we kind of touched on in our justice league episode this story that they're going with in the Flash Flashpoint was written so they could reset the comic books. If this fails, DC is going to have to take like a 10-year break and just say, okay, it doesn't work. We just got to wait. Just just wait. <laughs> um, so that that's the Flash. But I think the two things we're the most excited to talk about based on our own personal interests is first, um, they revealed... All of the castings, we've known the cast for a while for the Suicide Squad, which is the loose sequel of Suicide Squad, but they revealed- I hate the whole the thing. Why do they keep having the Flash, the Batman, the Suicide Squad? It's a weird naming convention. James Gunn yesterday revealed exactly who each person is playing, because before it was just that we knew that Idris Elba was in the movie, we knew John Cena, Pete Davidson, so on and so forth. Yeah. They just didn't know which... Yeah, who was playing who. And they released kind of this hybrid behind-the-scenes and teaser trailer for it. And I just want to read one quote that I found so interesting from James Gunn. So I guess the guy who's the the visual effects editor for this movie has worked on pretty much all of the MCU movies. He's supposedly the best in the business at explosion effects and stuff. He, he's done a ton of big franchise stuff. But James Gunn and this guy, whose name I don't remember, so apologies there, both have said that this movie has more explosions than any action franchise 
or the MCU combined. So this movie's going to have a lot of explosions. Wait, more than the whole MCU? Correct. More than all 23 Marvel movies combined. Or maybe they just mean any action movie and the MCU, like, combined, like, all those things. It's, it's strange. I mean, from the teaser trailer, there was only about a minute of footage. It looked really fun. It looked way different than the last Suicide Squad movie. And it looks like they might have something better here. My favorite description of a character is that John Cena is playing... Peacemaker. Peacemaker, who is essentially a douchey Captain America. And John Cena said, they told me that and I was all in, which I think John Cena's going to kill it in this movie, as well as a host of other people. But I'm very excited for it. What did you, as a known lover of Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad, what did you think about this trailer? I'm excited. I mean, it was more of like a behind the scenes, like, you know. True. All, everything, all I'm saying that, so... And it was, it is comforting to know that James Gunn even said, he's like, this is the best, not the best thing he's ever worked. I think he said it's been the most fun film project he's ever Yeah, but he also said it was like a blessing for him to be on this. Like he couldn't imagine not doing it. Well, you know, you know the story about why he's doing this, right? Yes. Okay. For our listeners, he was fired off of Guardians of the Galaxy for some problematic tweets and then Disney hired him back six months later. Because people were so pissed. People were so pissed, and they thought he was canceled unjustly, which, here nor there. But in the, that six months, DC came to him and said, they threw a big lump of money, and they said, will you do? Will you fix Suicide Squad for us? And he, at that point, had no projects lined up, so he said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do it. Um, and now it's going to put him in a really interesting spot if this works out well. But, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it does. So, it was a very fun panel, too. They did, like, this uh, kind of like a Brady Bunch, like, thing with, like, squares. It was very it was very funny. And the whole cast ripped on Michael Rooker, who's, like, James Gunn's whipping boy, basically. It was weird. Anyway, that's Suicide Squad. There's also a Suicide Squad video game coming out, if you're into that sort of thing. But the, the showpiece... I guess the main event panel of the night was for upcoming the upcoming project, The Batman. The Batman. The Batman, which, as a side note, is not going to be, if your head's not spinning already, it is going to be its own thing and not connected to any of these other movies. It's just going to be its own thing. We got our first trailer. It was a legitimate two-minute trailer for The Batman, despite director Matt Reeves saying only 25% of the movie has been shot so far. So they cut together a pretty cohesive trailer, even though the movie's nowhere close to being done, which is pretty interesting. But we got our first trailer for that and a release date of sometime in 2021. I think they said October, but who knows if that's going to be the final release date. It just said question mark, like 20... It was the Riddler thing. It just said 2021. It didn't say what. Oh, the the panel, they said October. Oh, okay. Um, But do do you have any thoughts on this? I feel like I've talked for a long time. Did you, I mean, did you have any thoughts on the Riddler or the the Batman trailer? (laughs) The Batman trailer. Uh, I think it looks fun. It looks interesting and it's pretty dark is what it looks like. And yeah, it it looks like it's not going to be. Um, It's more like Batman Begins than it is like any of these other ones. I would say so. I would say even darker than that. It it looks like it's going to be 
Well, I mean, in the trailer, I would recommend anyone who hasn't seen it just look up the Batman trailer. You'll find it in two seconds. He, the one guy asks him his name, and he, he, like, you can hear that guy's bones breaking when he's, like, punching him. Like, it's, it's, Robert Pattinson seems like he's going to be a very yes. physical yeah, Batman. Yeah, and he, I think he'll be really great at it, and his suit is really cool, and, like, yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I don't have many thoughts after what you said. Yeah, and, I mean, as I've said a million times, and I'll say a million times more, Batman's my favorite superhero. I think that the Pattinson casting, a lot of people shook their heads at it, but I think he's going to do a very, very good job. So, my question is, do they have any intent of making, like, a trilogy of this? They've already ordered a trilogy. Of the, of the of, Batman. Of the Batman, oh yes. So I other, don't like the Batman. <laughs> other notable castings, um, Jeffrey Wright is playing uh, Detective Gordon, and he looks... I mean, when he's on screen, he looks exactly what I think of Jim Gordon yeah. to look like. Andy Serkis is playing Alfred. Colin Farrell is playing the Penguin. Paul Dano is playing the Riddler. And Zoe Kravitz is playing Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. Yeah. And what I like from... So from the panel, they've said that because this is an early career Batman, um, some of his villains aren't yet fully formed where they're growing at the same time as Batman. So, specifically, he said Catwoman, that she isn't Catwoman at the start of the movie. Like, she's just a petty thief, and she'll, you know, change and evolve. So, I think this look at Batman, because normally you get, like, origin story. For any superhero, this is. You get origin story, and then the next movie is, like, five years into their career. You never really get that middle period where, you know, they're still figuring things out. And you don't, we, we just skip over that typically. So I'm very interested to see. Yeah, and it'll be fun to have, they haven't done like a live action, they've done a live action Riddler. Not since Jim Carrey. Yeah. They've never done the live action version of like the serious Riddler. Yeah. So that'll be cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think, who's, is, what'd you say? Who's your favorite Batman villain? My favorite Batman villain? I mean, Mr. Freeze is my favorite Batman villain, and that sounds ridiculous. But no one will ever do that again because of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think that this trilogy will do that. Mr. Freeze, so I'm a really big fan of the Batman animated series, He and the comics. I've read more Batman comics than other comic properties. I haven't read a ton, but Mr. Freeze is this very complex, very smart character who has interesting motivations, like, he just wants to save his wife, but things get in the way, and, you know, he has his issues, too, but I think that if if this trilogy did, like, I mean, my hot take is I don't want them to do the Joker again. I think that the Joker... Yeah, let's just move on from that. Yeah, the, the Joker's an incredible villain, but he's been done so many times. And we, that's the problem, is we all have these expectations of the Joker that can't be, you know, we can't rid ourselves of anymore. Yeah. So if they do... It, I think it does need to be late, way later because they have to establish these other underused, utilized villains. Yeah, and I, I so my my short answer is I would like to see Mister Freeze done well at some point and not the Arnold version. I don't know if that'll happen. I think that if this movie does the Riddler very well, the Riddler is a very good Batman villain, and I would. I'm just hoping that they everything they showed in this trailer comes out in the rest of their production process. That's all I really care about. Because 
whether we like it or not, this movie of all the movies they kind of talked about yesterday, this one's going to make the most money because Batman sells. It's more of a question of do you put a good product that is going to yield sequels and all, all of that good stuff. Yeah. So that's our news roundup. I know we're getting to the point. More theaters are opening around the country. I did a double check. Last week I said that I wasn't sure if like Regal and Cinemark were also opening alongside AMCs. I was uh I, I just said I didn't know. They are. So if you, those are your theater chains you go to or you go to a local chain, check your theaters if there's movies you're interested in seeing. But things are opening up gradually and most theaters should be open by the time that Tenet drops on September fourth. Let's move along <laughs> to our movie of the hour. Iron Man, and we kind of touched on this earlier, but this is our 20th episode, so we didn't want to do something that was disappointing for a milestone of this, <laughs> of just being, doing this podcast for, I can't believe, 20 episodes, but we just kept talking about things, you know, movies we've been talking about doing, like, super bad, which we'll get to eventually, but we thought that it would be a good idea to finally do Marvel that and we've been waiting and waiting through that until we had, you know, enough experience. So here we go. And what better way to start talking about Marvel than the beginning? Uh, and this was the first Mar. This is the first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, correct, John? Or no? Yeah, yeah. This yes. was. This came out, I think, like three months before The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, but it's funny because it's by like we were watching it, and it's by Paramount. Yeah, because this is before Marvel Studios was bought by Disney. Yeah. This is technically, but, technically, this is an independent film. Mm, but it's still by Marvel. Like. Yeah, but like, this was the first film Marvel Studios ever made. Yes, yes. So, we want to start from the beginning. Uh, this is John, one of John's favorites. He loves Iron Man. I think it's a great one, too. Uh, before we get into the plot and what we like about it, John's going to give the synopsis. Yeah, so Iron Man is the first film in the MCU, like Anna said. It is a 2008 superhero film about Tony Stark, who is played, obviously, by Robert Downey Jr., and it focuses in on his transformation from a billionaire playboy who is kind of selfish and into himself into a superhero who helps fight terrorists in the Middle East and also kind of corporate corruption back in America. It is directed by Jon Favreau, and has a really big name cast for a movie that was kind of a gamble at the time. It stars, obviously, Robert Downey Jr., as I said, Jeff Bridges, Gwyneth Paltrow, Terrence Howard, and is a really strong launching off point for the MCU. It is very well regarded from a critical and audience standpoint, with a 94 critic score and a 91 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And it also was very successful financially, it grossed $583 million on a $140 million budget. And that's pretty significant because Iron Man wasn't a major superhero character prior to this movie and the MCU as a whole. He was kind of this, I mean, honest, I was reading interviews. A lot of people thought that Iron Man was a robot. They didn't think that he was a person. <laughs> and that shows you how little awareness there was about him. Um, yeah, this you just, like, see him, like, in Marvel prints and stuff. Like, if you, you know, they ever showed, like, a Marvel... There was, like, a Marvel t-shirt or something. Looked, it would just have, like, He the looked whole, like a tin can. 
Yeah, it just like a tin. Yeah, it, it it looked like a like a crappy knockoff action figure until, yeah. I guess now in the comics, like they base a lot of his appearance off of Robert Downey Jr. and he's kind of like this slick and cool design. But at the time this came out, people were like, "Who the hell's Iron Man? Why would you do that?" But it was a huge success. Something really interesting and you can't really talk about this movie without talking about this part if this movie would have failed marvel would have owed all of their assets publishing film rights anything that they still had to a couple different investment banks they financed with collateral the entirety of their company to get them 140 million dollars to make this movie and beyond just that gamble this movie, when it came out, Robert Downey Jr. was a big gamble in the Hollywood community. He was a recovering drug addict. I believe he was an alcoholic also. But this movie... Yeah, he just it, was he, not liked. He, like my, he was not liked at all. I remember when this movie came out in, um, you know, the previews and stuff for it. And my mom did not was not excited to see it. She's like, I don't think I'm going to like this because she did not like Robert Downey Jr. because mm-hmm. he was just the bad boy of Hollywood and was, and just his, his um casting started to get a little annoying and a little over the top. And yeah, she was not, and it just basically like this, like rebuilt him. Like it wasn't for this. Mm-hmm. We don't, where would Robert Downey Jr. be? Like, I don't know. I think he probably would have had a comeback of some sort. Cause I mean, he was in Sherlock, but Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, but yeah, Sherlock. And he got an Oscar nomination this year for Tropic Thunder. But you're right. This is really what cast him and kind of made him this. What made him like a blockbuster? Yeah, like, it made, I mean, like he, this. Yeah, like, he wasn't a he wasn't a blockbuster star. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sherlock Holmes made money, but not like this type of money. It's like thinking back to this being your first introduction to Robert Downey Jr. Like, and my mom, my, my me thinking like, oh, it's not gonna be that. Like, it's gonna be good, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Wasn't sure I'd feel about it and then you think about now you're watching Endgame and you're bawling your eyes out because you don't want Iron Man to die sorry if no mm-hmm. one's seen Endgame if you haven't seen Endgame then you just gotta yeah I get. think we're I think we're well beyond the point of spoilers for Endgame like you like there are people who are just upset that Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. are not gonna be at least for now in the coming phase yeah I'm, I'm gonna bet fast, but. I'm gonna bet like because they're obviously it's based on comics and comics people die and come back to life oh, all the yeah. time. And I'm about that. Like you well, know, makes sense. you know, at some point that Marvel in like five years is going to back up a Brinks truck and be like, "Here's a hundred million dollars for you to do Iron Man again." And Robert Downey Jr. with a smile on, on his face can be like, "Yep, I'll totally down." Because I mean, yeah. honestly, in today's world with like stunt doubles and how much of this is CGI, you could play a superhero character forever. You could, mm-hmm. I mean. They made Chris Evans look like he was 94 years old. They can do it the other way. They can they can do the opposite of that. But like I said, this movie was a huge gamble. It is well regarded. It's one of the best movies in the, when whenever people do like their top 5 MCU movies, 90% of the time this is in it. It's regarded as the best Iron Man movie for like solo Iron Man and it, it's just a movie that we both really enjoy. Yeah. Did you did you see this movie in theaters? Or do you remember? I believe so. I think so. I just can't see a re- like 
it's not so much I remember watching theaters. Like, I remember watching in my basement a lot. Like, when this came out in DVD, yeah. we watched it all the time. I mean, I've seen every single Lord of the Rings movie in theaters, and I barely remember those. So I oh. had to have seen... I was I had confused have... where you were going with that. I was like, Lord of the Rings, we're talking about... <laughs> I know, but I mean, like, it was just any kind of fantasy... Big budget. Uh, franchise, big budget movie we saw in theaters every single time. Yeah. There are not many Marvel movies that I haven't seen in theaters. And I think... most of them are from when I was in college. So, yeah, I have this weird, like, gray area with some Marvel movies where I know I saw this in theaters and I know I saw Iron Man 2 in theaters. I did not see either of the, either of the, I've not seen any of the Thors in theaters, including Ragnarok, which is awesome. I think the only Avengers I've seen in theaters are Infinity War and Endgame. No, yeah, the Thor, I definitely did not see Thor The Dark World in theaters. I, I'm thinking about it now, racking my brain, and this isn't that important, but I think I've only seen half of the MCU in theaters. We think we've both seen this in theaters, correct? <laughs> correct. Now, there's one, there's one last fun fact I want to say before we talk about the movie itself. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's more of, it's a fact and also a question. So this movie came out two months before The Dark Knight. Yeah. And there is a pretty large crowd of people on the internet that thinks that this movie would be received way differently if it came out after The Dark Knight. And In a bad way? Yeah, they just think that it would be, like, it wouldn't have warranted as much praise as it got because it would have come after something that was much different. I don't but know if I fully... But they're different. That's the yeah. problem. They're so different. It's not like it's a regular yeah. DC film and then a... Yeah, it's not it's like, not like it's... Spider-Man came out and then this came out. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. more... I know there's both Marvel, though, but there's still different Though, studios. actually, hold on. I have to confirm this. But Spider-Man 3 came out a year before this. And why does that matter? Well, think of how, like, corny that movie is compared to this. I think there was a big jump from that yeah. to this. I don't know. It's just interesting to see when things come out in close proximity to each other. That's all. But that is the very long version of the synopsis. I'm not sure what it's going to sound like because we had some recording issues. So a lot of stuff got spliced together. Mm. Uh, What I would like to start with with the plot, I just think there's some casting things I'd like to just discuss. Okay. That just make me laugh. So number one. I wonder how much money they paid to get Terrence Howard to play Rhodes. And then they just replace him the next movie. Like, it was just like, okay, goodbye. Nope, it's a new guy. So uh, they got him $3.5 million to be in this movie. How much? What's his name? Robert Downey, nice Jun- Robert Downey Jr. only made 550000 for this. So he got paid way more. And... Is Terrence Howard even that popular? What the hell? Terrence Howard's a big name. It's a biggish but, name. But bigger than... Okay, I knew Robert Downey Jr. Okay, wasn't big so, at the time, but he's the so, lead. So listen to this. So his contract he signed was mm-hmm. $3.5 million for the first movie. If a sequel got greenlit, he was going to get $5 million for Iron Man 2. Don Cheadle, over the course of playing War Machine in like six movies, has made $100 million. How much did Don Cheadle make the second movie? Do you know? I'm going to look up Don <laughs> Cheadle 
Iron Man 2 salary. I mean, like, so who do you prefer? I mean, I know Don, Don Cheadle's been Don there the Cheadle, whole time. Don Cheadle got $1 million to do Iron Man 2. <laughs> so they saved some money there, I guess. <laughs> they did, but he made, I mean, they all made bank on Infinity War and Endgame because oh, yeah. all of their contracts were profit share. So they got yeah. a, they got a, a set sum up front and then they get a percentage of profits, which honestly, if you're in these big budget franchises, that's, that's like, what you should do. that's honestly the way you should be going. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. made $79 million from Endgame. Or 79 or 75. I don't remember. So but so who do you prefer? I prefer Don Cheadle. I think Don Cheadle's a better actor. I think that he... I think the tone of the MCU is very specific. It's this lighthearted... You yeah. know, there, there's some elements of seriousness. But I think that Don Cheadle kind of plays that smug... He does. He, he plays a, a toned-down smugness that I think Terrence Howard, when he does it, it comes off as he's like a jerk. Like and he's I think, arrogant, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly the word. But the thing I, is, he's supposed to play off, he's supposed to play off, um, what's his name? Blah, 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 blah. Iron Robert, Man's real name. Robert, uh, Tony Stark? He's supposed to play off Tony Stark's arrogance, but he doesn't at the no, same time. It, it comes, it comes off that he's, trying to one-up him in the arrogant factor, but yeah, so I mean, I think he's fine in this movie, but I think for the future iterations of the character, especially once he gets a suit, mm-hmm. you know, I think it just works a lot better. Yeah. So that's one. The other one I'd like to talk about is, so we're listening, we're watching the film, and I guess like I just never, you never think about this until, you know, Jarvis becomes not like Jarvis becomes vision. Vision, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I was listening. I was like, oh wait. I was like, was Paul Bettany always Jarvis? Like in my mind at first, I thought that maybe it was someone who sounded like Paul Bettany. We're watching the film, and I'm like, oh, I was like, yes, that is Paul Bettany's voice. I know his. Like obviously, you just know his voice. And so I looked it up because I'm like, why would they pay? Why would they pay Paul Bettany to do this? Like, what's the reason why? Why couldn't they just get some voice actor? You know, they don't need him. They didn't know he was going to be Vision. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't a thing until like, you know, seven movies later. Yeah. So I looked it up and uh, it said that when John Favreau was casting, it was like working on the film. He, he had been, uh, Paul Bettany and John Favreau had been in... Wimbledon together and so they were friends John Favreau literally called Paul Bettany up and goes I need a voice of a personalityless robot and I thought of you immediately and then Paul Bettany said I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever heard so I said yes I just think that's the most hilarious way to get into a movie because someone thinks you sound emotional you have no personality I guess there it pays off to be boring I mean, I guess John. I guess uh, James Spader was just a voice too, but James, the voice of James Spader is undeniable. You just know it. I, I know a lot of people don't love Age of Ultron. I think it's a good movie. I really love it, and so much of it has to do with James Spader. That's such. It's that's such an interesting movie, and I wish that. I don't know. Ultron still could come back. I was reading a thing about that. He's that like, would be cool. I think because he's like the internet. He's he's well, literally the internet. Is like I think they brought him out too soon because Ultron is a really really powerful 
villain. Yeah. Well, so in in the comics, and then we'll get back on track. In the comment comics, Age of Ultron is in it's a year. It's years. It's yeah. it's literally an age. That I mean, it's kind of like it, how they what they didn't like they should have done that for longer. But you yeah, know, it, that, they were early, been... it was early and whatever. Yeah, I mean, they have to. The thing is that the MCU had to unload a lot of the bullets in the chamber early to make sure that they could keep drawing people in before yeah. before they could take a really weird turn and do some of the more kind of experimental stuff because they need to they needed to have the safety net. Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get back to Iron Man, which is uh, definitely not that weird. It's one of the most grounded MCU movies. Yeah, it's very grounded in reality, for sure. I mean, if you... So I love talking about this movie now because we have 12 years of hindsight. If you look at the MCU now and its last big event was about a big purple giant who has magic space (laughs) rocks and snaps his fingers and kills half of reality and undoing that, it's so refreshing to think that the MCU started in a cave in the Middle East in a very, a very different world than what it evolves in. I mean, yeah. this, this could, this could be many things besides a superhero movie. This could be like a war movie. Yeah. And I think they do. I mean, I think that was just the way for them to jump off, you know, to build, uh-huh. you can't just, and you know, time and time again, what, what our critiques of, like our critiques of the of DC comics is that they just start running before, like you have to walk before yeah. you can run. You need to just build that story. So by building a story based on, you know, real fears of that time mm-hmm. and real things that were going on in the war in Afghanistan and, you know, war with the Middle East, like that was, I mean, genius. And, yeah. That was all John Favreau, as if you want to, I don't know if you want to explain that. Yeah, so I was reading through an interview with him where uh, it was like Kevin Feige, John Favreau, and I think Avi Arad, who is a producer, he's been involved in Marvel and so many. And it, it was basically, John Favreau was the one who really pushed for this to be brought into the modern age, because historically, Iron Man's origins are very similar, where he gets hurt by a Stark Tech weapon in a war conflict but it's typically in vietnam yeah but that was when it was they were created back then i mean that's the thing is it should be Mm -hmm. but they made the choice to bring it to the modern age which kevin feige has said that's one of the best decisions they've made because they could actually build the mcu around this character and not have to you know bring it back in the past or do something weird with time and you know it's at the time this came out in 2008, and this is still relevant now, but it was very relevant. I mean, this conflict that we were in in the Middle East was four or five years old, and it showed no signs of stopping. And, um, yeah, you know, I think it had like a uh, lot to comment on too oh, about th- war and like about, you know, the yeah. military, how much money we spend on the military, mm-hmm. warfare, well, you know, all that stuff. You know, we were we were kind of talking about this when we watched it too, compared to the current MCU. And and this movie does have a lot of jokes, but this movie is much more adult than the current things that we get. 
the MCU has kind of, even though there's still violence and there's, you know, a swear word here and there, this movie is way more violent and way more war-based than... I don't know if violent is the... Like, I feel like, I mean, that's, in my opinion, the fighting scenes, like, weren't as, like, you know, they, they didn't do as much. Well, but I guess maybe it's more, like, the... the uh, not emotional violence. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, the... um. Their like what their their motivations are way more adult. Like the yeah, I guess the evil. That, the evil is way more. That's what I was getting more at. Like there's more. Like Obadiah Stane has this mentality. Like they're arms dealers and they sell to both sides and like they sell to terrorists. Um, like that's stuff that a kid isn't gonna pick up on really. Um, there's I, I'm trying to think of what else. Like there's this corporate espionage element to it. There's, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just a little different than what we get now. It, the MCU, what, what I was trying to say is just, they've evolved in this more family friendly package. Which is fine. I mean. No, it, it's totally fine. It's just, especially since they've been bought by Disney, there's like everything gets Disneyified a little bit. Yeah. Because I remember it was such a big deal in Endgame when Cap was like, let's go get this son of a bitch. But they swear way more in this movie than anything in yeah. the game. And I mean, or that's the, America's ass. The the movie the movie opens with a Humvee getting blown up by an uh, IED. Yeah, like that's. I mean, I know there's explosions in new MCU movies, but that's like they're also aliens. They're not real people. So yeah, they're not real. Time. Except yeah. for like, I think the most devastating is when. Um, the Sokovia, Sokovia, Sokovia. Yeah, when they drop it out of the sky. Yeah, like that's probably the most devastating we get because it's on Earth. And like, obviously, yes, yeah. half the planet gets snapped. But like, other than that, like you don't see things getting, like rarely do we see anymore humans being a part of the, the fights mm-hmm. as much. Like, you know, cr- collateral damage kind of thing. So early in the movie, there is a scene that I absolutely love. And that is him building not the arc reactor, because, I mean, that happens pretty quickly, but him actually building this first Iron Man suit. Is he in the cave or not in the cave? He's in the cave. So, yeah, that's my, I just, that's actually what I was going to say, was that, like, my, some of my favorite scenes in this, I mean, that's another thing, what's also very dull is he's getting tortured, he's been, he's in captivity he's getting, he's for getting two tor- months. He's getting tortured to build a weapon of mass destruction. destruction. Yes. And, but I think that the, those are my, some of my favorite parts of this movie. If not, like, I don't really care. Like, I mean, there's the funny parts when he's, like, building Iron Man. Like, I don't really care about, like, the last scene. Like, I'm there. No, I don't care about the final fight at all. Yeah. I am there for the cave scenes. The cave scenes are awesome. Yeah. And And you just get to see his mind. What what I love, and smarter people than I pointed this out when I was doing research, but he builds that metal suit, and it's it's so crude because it's, like, of the materials he has on hand. But he does all of these things, like he places all of the protection in front and really his back is entirely exposed because it's like, he's, like everything he does is to serve a specific purpose. And if someone would have gotten behind him with a gun, he would have died. And there's just, it's just, it's so, it is like tacky and it looks like those old Iron Man costumes from like the comics and such. But it's just... I, I just love those scenes, but it, it it's always tough to watch uh, Jensen die. 
when he when he sacrifices himself for Tony. But, but we found out. We found out that was actually from the comics. Oh yeah, so, that's actually yeah. from the comics. And like, no matter what origin they do, because it always happens in a cave. There's always this Jensen guy with him who met him at a conference and who, you know, helps him and sacrifices himself for him. But but I think that helps him. I think that death obviously helps him as a character yes. to understand, you know selflessness and sacrifice yeah and, and he, that he does, wants to help people he does give tony that kind of creed when he does die he says don't don't waste it don't waste your life because he says yeah. like thank you for thank you for saving me thank you for giving me a second chance and you really see tony carry that with him through the rest of the mcu even though he does kind of backslide at certain points but yeah i am a big fan of those cave scenes obviously he gets rescued, goes back. But then th- the next big scene I wanted to talk about was when he's actually building the the real suit in his garage or basement. I, I garage, love basement. Du- I the dummy. Well, not just the dummy. I know, but like, why can't he be in more movies? He's so cute. He's, if you, <laughs> if you, I swear to God, if you, um, if you, if you spray sp- me again, if you spray me again, I'm going to give you to an Ivy tech or like, I think he's I'm going to give you to a community college research lab. <laughs> I I mean, I think that robot's in the second Iron Man. Don't yeah. quote me on that. I but think he's it's so in, cute. Yeah, it is. It is a cute robot <laughs> that is terrible at its job. But the the scenes where he's building where he's building his new iteration of the armor and you see like all these little individual components and how much thought is going into it and how much testing really happens. It really, in hindsight, you go back and appreciate, you're like, wow, this, he didn't just over the course of two hours stitch together a suit and then he's a superhero. Like there was so much work that, and so much testing he did. Are you shitting on Spider-Man right now? No, (laughs) no, I'm not. I mean, also here's the thing. Peter Parker is smart smarter than tony stark so like no i'm not i'm not i'm not talking bad about spider-man i love spider-man but the other thing i appreciated too and i think we both said this like you forget how clunky and how metal those suits were originally like when he after he does his test flight and he drops through the roof of his house (laughs) because it's just it's so much crushes the most beautiful car oh yeah And then the robot sprays him. Yeah. No, but, no, no, no. <laughs> I think the other thing I wanted to talk about after he builds the first model of his suit is he decides to take it on a test flight and he does something absolutely ridiculous. So he, he he's done like a little bit of testing with flight, but he goes out over, uh, he lives in Malibu. So I think Malibu is near the Los Angeles, right? Yeah. So he like goes flying over Los Angeles and the first, the very first time he's flying, like he doesn't even know how this stuff works yet. And he decides that he's going to break the altitude record for a non-spacecraft. And it's this, this abrupt acceleration of his confidence. You're like, wow, that is. He's always been confident, John. Oh yeah. He's extremely. Okay. But can we get to the part? 
can we just because we're talking about all the suit stuff can we just also talk about like well that's like one of your favorite scenes is when Obadiah tries to start making it and then what does he say John oh like, that's so he's not he's not talking about the suit he's talking about the arc reactor whatever but it's oh. to make the suit yes uh it's he when sees, he... he knows what the suit he knows the plans of the suit already Oh, okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So he my, built this in a cave. Like he's talking about the suit. Yes, he's talking about the suit. The no, arc he's, reactor, talking, he's talking about the arc reactor. They're talking about making the arc reactor smaller to be in the suit. Yes, no, they're talking about miniaturizing the arc reactor. Yes. Okay. For my, the suit. My favorite line of the entire movie is when Obadiah Stane is yelling at the Stark technician, whose name I don't remember, and he's like, "Oh, sir, like we can't do this," and it's impossible. With a box of scraps. But yes, that is my favorite line of the entire movie. More so than I am Iron Man, believe it or not. <laughs> That's such a lame... You have to have better... Yeah, it's such a lame one. Well, I'm honestly like... Mine's, many... mine's like cheeseburger. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but... I've been in captivity for two months. I need two things. Cheeseburger. Well, no, it Mar- starts at I need two things. And then he looks at Pepper and he's like, no, not that. <laughs> Because said, she said hospital. Well, she said go to the hospital. Well, no, not just the hospital. After that, he they, like, look at him, and they think he's going to say, like, sex or something bad. An American cheeseburger. And, and a, a press, press conference. conference. Which, some superb Burger King product placement. He ate two Whoppers, if you noticed. Oh, I don't know. I'm not weird like you. I don't know. I like branding. He likes the branding. Uh, what but do we yeah. want to talk about next? Obadiah's voice is just... Oh, Jeff Bridges rules superb. in this... He superb. rules in this movie. The other one... Okay, wait. I need to... I'm going to watch something real quick. I just want to watch it again. <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> Did you hear it? No, I, I didn't okay. hear it. Okay. <laughs> okay, also when he's fighting... It's just like two... He's like in this giant like... You know, when he's Ironmonger and he's this giant-ass robot. And, like, his lines are so dumb when he's fighting. In this giant-ass suit as Iron as Ironmonger. Oh, wait, I know what you're going to say. He keeps, and all of his lines are the cheesiest things. I mean, it still sounds like Jeff Bridges, but it's like, Oh, wow, you won't create your armor! So have I! <laughs> it's like, what? No, doesn't he say, like, I've made some improvements my own? Oh, wait, oh, yeah, wait, wait, yeah. Oh, I made some upgrades on my own. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, okay, cool. You know what upgrades you've made? You're ginormous. That's it. Like, I don't understand. So funny. The suit- that's the problem. Like, that's the problem with, I think, a lot of Marvel villains in the beginning is, like, they're just a bigger version of that yes. person. Or, yes. like, just a stronger version. Like, that's the thing. He's like, I've made my own upgrades. It's like, yeah, you're just giant. Yeah, like, your doesn't... suit's huge, dude. Like, it's comically big. Pardon the pun. And, like, that's all they... That's, like, what they do, like, for the yeah. beginning of those... Like, there's, like, okay, yeah, he's bigger, but he's gonna defeat him because he's yeah, smarter. because... Or it's not even smartness sometimes, it's... The hero has more heart, so they have to win. They're a better person, blah, blah, blah. And, like, for as much as I love these movies, maybe make it where the villain's strength is your hero's weakness or something. I mean, that's why 
my that's why it was so great when we saw um was you know great with infinity war because like what happens when all of the heroes lose like sometimes you just lose yes and i wish that more movies would do that but that's a that's a conversation for another day yeah uh i want to talk quickly before we finish about how <laughs> how ridiculous that final fight scene is for how iron monger actually dies so they blow up the arc reactor and tony's right above it he's fine however obadiah obadiah who's like 50 feet back from it is hurt by it and falls in and dies but tony was but right also above pepper, it pepper yeah pepper not to, what pepper the hell just that? runs you gotta be in the arc reactor. You gotta be legit in it. it, it was <laughs> like, and I get that you just have, are kind of like, okay, throw throw my suspension of disbelief out the window or whatever. But it's a it's a really kind of the movie kind of just ends. It kind of just you know, it's a great movie up until that point, and then the final fight is like meh. Yeah, the fi- the final fight is pretty meh. And I think maybe that could be just because that was 12 years ago. Yeah. And we have seen crazy epic fights since then. I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. the coolest fights ever. So I think, too, maybe that time I saw it, I was like, damn, this is awesome. Ooh, yeah. But, like, I yeah. think I like Iron Man, yeah, more for the plot than the action so much. And yeah. the other thing is, yeah, it's just... That, I, think I think it's that it's more plot than action for me, for sure. I think it's an awesome movie. It's an awesome movie that holds up, but the last 15 minutes or so, if you take away that press conference where he reveals he's Iron Man publicly, yeah. I think if you took that out, I'd enjoy it way I'd enjoy it more if there was no fight. If it's just like, okay, he's Iron Man now and <laughs> it ends. But yeah. I think that being said, I mean, do you have anything else on the movie itself? No, I think that's it. Well, so let's get to rating. Yeah, so I'll let you start. What would you rate Iron Man? I'm going to give it a 90. Okay. I think I land yeah. on a 92. Yeah, I think that extra 10% would have been like for some better, um, I would have liked a better, you know, end fight scene. Yeah. I think, too, like, Obadiah is such, like, an interesting character. And so I just wish that, like, his final scenes weren't as cheesy as, like, yeah, late improvement, uh, you know? <laughs> I like, think... He so, did kind of get dark there, but not as dark as I wanted it to get. Like, well, you he know? Goes, he goes from... I mean, he's a bad guy, don't get me wrong. But he, he tried goes, to get Tony Stark killed he goes from being a bad guy having other people do his stuff to like nuts i don't i don't know i yeah I, and that's I, why i would have wanted to see him actually break and then become yeah. this like i think yeah. the break like i would have wanted to see the break and like have him give that mm-hmm. out like i don't know like just but whoa and like but it was more so kind of cheesy at the end but i don't yeah. fault them for it's, it it's okay it's okay and especially as your first foray into i mean this was their first movie that they made i i get it yeah i get why you kind of do the traditional comic trope whatever but 
I can't help but think I love Jeff Bridges. I think he's a fantastic actor. I think he has a maybe a top 15 voice in Hollywood. He just has a very iconic, very yes. good voice. I can't he help but great. think I, I love Obadiah Stane in this movie, except for the last fight, as we've said now for the last 10 minutes. But I can't help but feel like they might have wasted Jeff Bridges. Like maybe there was another role that would have been better for him that you could get a couple movies out of. I really don't know. But I, I come back and I'm like, wow, I just really want to see more Jeff Bridges in the MCU, but you can't now. So. You know what? Okay, this is a weird opinion I just thought to myself right now. I think Jeff Bridges could have been a really good um, ego. Yes, I, I agree with that. I think he could have been awesome as ego. Because when... I think, like, Kurt Russell was great for, like, the innocence part because you don't, like, suspect him. Oh, but for but the evil part. I think, the, like, the evil part, Jeff Bridges could have been amazing. Oh, man. Jeff Bridges would have been awesome as Ego. So this week's top five, we didn't want to go, you know, give away all of our cards at once for Marvel, you know, top fives that we could do. So we decided to do top five origin story. Mm -hmm. uh, since this is an origin story for not only Iron Man, but also for Marvel, which is pretty cool. So mm -hmm. we went through that. Obviously, I think a lot of these for both of us are going to be either, you know, Marvel Mainly or comics. a superhero comics. Yeah, kind of thing. But well, you'll never know what we're going to get. So, um, John, why don't you start with your honorable mentions? Do you have any? So... A peek behind the curtain, we're recording this part at a different time from when we recorded the first, like the news. Yeah, we and were not happy with how it was going before. We weren't in the right mindset. I wrote down my list two days ago, and I had honorable mentions like in my head, but I didn't write them down. I know I had two that I was between. I can't remember them. So I have them, but I don't know what they are. So I don't have any. Okay, so, and... I wrote my list two days, obviously two days ago as well. And I'm looking at it and I kind of am disagreeing with what I was writing. So my one honorable mention is going to be Casino Royale. Again, I keep talking about this movie, but mm -hmm. like I said, I, I, this movie been on, I've had this movie on, top, on two top fives in the past like five weeks, John. I remember my honorable mention. Uh, but okay, I, well, I remember let me go. Yeah, go. Sorry. Okay. But I don't understand. Like, I don't even, I'm not even that big of a James Bond fan, but somehow this movie keeps coming up in my top fives. But it's not on my top five this week. I don't know. It was not even my number four. It was even my number four, and I just switched it out today. But <laughs> just did a last minute switch. I just, I'm going to say it again. I think it's great that we get to see, you know, James Bond is this, is this formidable, like, franchise over decades and decades and it's the classic you know classic franchise spy fran spy movie franchise and mm -hmm. i think that it's amazing that we get to see a very you know oh james bond that's early in his career that makes mistakes and that we mm -hmm. kind of see that so i think that's really cool that's my number one uh one of my Your honorable mention my other honorable yes Yes. Sorry, you said number one, and I was like, whoa, that's... No, my number one I, I get it. my number I get it. two honorable legend is X-Men First Class, because mm -hmm. I think, number one, I think the casting in that movie is fantastic. 
Number two, I think it's just so cool how we get to see some of our, you know, you know, uh, Professor X and Magneto, we get to Mm -hmm. see how they become who they are and how their ideologies grow. And Mm -hmm. I was always fascinated by that part of the X-Men movies about, you know, their differing ideologies about humans and, you know, evil. And Mm -hmm. it's so, it was such a good, such a well-made movie and just great casting all around. Love that movie. But those are my two. I thought you were going to say X-Men Origins Wolverine which uh, no. <laughs> I was going to be very surprised by that because no. that movie sucks. You don't, um, you know, I hate that movie when he doesn't have, the, when he has weird bones. Clothes. I don't like oh, that. I don't like that either. My, I, so I remembered my honorable mention. It's, I can't decide which movie. So I'll just put both of them. Cause I don't really know which is the origin, but uh, I'm going to do the origin of Darth Vader. So you can either say the Phantom Menace or Revenge of the Sith because some people think that Revenge of the Sith is his origin. But either one of those yeah, two... Yeah, I would see Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I, I guess I'll go with Revenge of the Sith. I mean, not a great movie, but it shows an origin of a very iconic character. But the thing is, that movie, I think it's shit on unnecessarily in some things. It's because fine. the ideology of what they were trying to go for in that one specifically was very interesting. They did go yes. over the top on some things for sure. They were very dramatic, but the, what they were trying, the storyline they were trying to go for is very smart. Yes. But with that being said, I'm going to move on to my number five to an actual good movie. I think objectively a good movie. Okay. And that is Spider-Man from 2002 with Tobey Maguire it's not my favorite Spider-Man movie, but because you actually see the bite scene and you see him struggling with like his realization that he has powers and you see the Uncle Ben part of everything in his amateur wrestling match that's really involved in the comics. like It's just a very good and probably the best telling so far of the Spider-Man origin in movie form, which at this point, if you don't know it, like... I don't know. You live bel- like further than under a rock because everyone <laughs> knows that. Like, if you have great power, comes great responsibility. Yeah, all that yeah. great stuff. Yeah. So that's my number five. Okay, my number five is Star Trek. Which one? Um, the I don't. Sorry, I don't know what it's. What is it one of the new? Just, one of the new ones. The new ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that's the only one that shows them like what how they become who they are. Spock and yeah, it's just called Star Trek. So, to Star Trek from 2000, my number five is Star Trek from 2009 because this is you know a movie that sh- you know shows the origin of beloved Star Trek characters. Uh, this is when we get to see this movie, you get to see the origins of Spock and Kirk and Captain mm-hmm. Kirk, which are two beloved characters of Star Trek. And I've never watched um, anything Star Trek, any of the series, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But these films, all three of them, I love Star Trek. Now I love the idea of it. It's so cool. And they did these so well. And I just think it's a great origin story. And it's awesome how they use time and mm-hmm. they got to bring the original Spock into it, and it was just a very well done origin story. In my opinion, I have still not seen that. I am not a Star Trek person. You never seen all three of them? They're so good, John. 
I, I've, I've never been a Star Trek person. It's on my list. All right. All well, that's list. on our list of, that's going to be a, that's going to be one of our things. But the thing is, Star Trek Into Darkness is like so much, like they just keep getting better, John. Like you can't okay. just watch the first one. Okay. We all have to watch all three and then do an episode on it because it's okay. just really good. Yeah. We'll add right. it to the list. The list. Brings me to my number four. Mm-hmm. My number four, I think it's my only non-comic book movie. It is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because you see the origin of Harry Potter. And I think for launching off of a franchise, it is as successful of a first movie as any franchise ever. And I will hold to that. <laughs> That's my number four. Okay. Love Harry cool. Potter. Uh, my number four is Guardians of the Galaxy because this comic book is very is was not very well known you know not very popular even and less so we talked about iron man being a nothing yeah, this character. was like a, this was like i think that this was what stan lee and uh his writing partner whose name is escaping me right now i think they this was one of the ones that they made when they were like heavy into lsd and it was just weird. It was like, throw all your weird thoughts on a page. Yeah, but I mean, my thought, like, I remember seeing the trailer for this and being like, this looks weird, but I have to see it. And the thing mm-hmm. is that this was the big turning point for Marvel, in my opinion, as like, they, they did this movie, you can do whatever the hell you want now. I mean, it was mm-hmm. ridiculous. It was smart. It was graphic. And like, we, it was just awesome. And I think it was a great, you know, origin of this universe in general it really opened up the universe for yeah for marvel so yeah it was kind of like took marvel from there were some like you know obviously thor was our i think thor was really our only yeah thor was the only cosmic entry yes and so this was the what actually brought it into a whole you know this this was the this was Multiple the breaking universes. this was the breaking of the dam so to speak yeah whereas thor was like a a, a mist of using a different water analogy yeah it's just more like a myth than a real thing yeah. so yeah well in thor thor's interesting because thor is based so much on actual mythology yes. that thor's not even that weird because a lot of that is just straight up no, nor- we're nordic so, yeah yeah we're so pervy to that with other you know things we've got so this was just totally yeah this was it it was bizarre bizarre my number three is iron man nothing else to be said my number three is it's funny that this is on my list and this is on john's list and i don't i'm surprised i even put this on my list i don't really like this movie very much um i do i just would never watch it again whatever so this besides the point um the joker or just joker right yeah just just joker that's the that's the only so, movie yeah. without the from DC in the title. <laughs> I had to say the because I you know force, so force a habit with the, DC yeah. force a habit. So sorry, my number three is Joker, and I if you talk to me, it's not that I didn't like this movie. It's just very hard for me to watch, and which I yeah. think is a good thing. I think that was the point, uh, but I do believe that this was a a great telling of the Joker's you know, origin story and a great look at it. And one, it also one changed. version of his origin one story. One version. Yeah. I know it's not but it's not it's not very it's not that I didn't like this movie. It's just that it's really difficult was really difficult to watch. 
Um, but I guess that was, you know, the point they were trying to, to do, you know, the point of it was so that they didn't have to, um, sorry, the point, that was the point of it was to be difficult to watch because it is such a commentary on mental illness. Mm-hmm. But I just think it was a great, you know, take on how Joker could have become the way he was. And it was very interesting how they tied Batman into it at the end. And it was just very cool. So that is my number three, the Joker or just Joker. I apologize. (laughs) I cannot get the the out of my head. Uh, My number two is Batman begins. Of course. Of course. (laughs) My thoughts by this point on this trilogy are very, very well known. I think it's my favorite telling of the Batman origin to this point because we see how Bruce was formed by like his martial arts background. Yeah, it's and... nice because it doesn't um I think the problem with other Batman things is it kind of it shows him in the as a child in the bats and then it skips him being Batman whereas this yeah. we kind of get to live in it a bit. Yes. And we we don't just see in this movie the the evolution of Batman, but we see the evolution of Bruce Wayne yes. from being this really immature. I mean, he brings a gun into a courtroom to kill Joe Chill, the man who killed his parents. Mm-hmm. And we see this evolution of him from this entitled rich kid to this vigilante. And as someone who really enjoys Batman, Bat, sorry, Batman, Batman. you know, it just, it seems like, also too, it seems, when they do Keaton's version of Batman, he seems too old to be a young Bruce Wayne stepping into the role. And I think that Christian Bale just had a youthful enough appearance to make it work. So Batman Begins is my number two. I could talk for a number of reasons why I like this movie, but yeah, it's my number two. Awesome. Um, my number two is Iron Man, for all the reasons we've said that it is, you know, the origin story of the MCU. It was, it's a great, you know, it took this not very well-known. It was not a favorite of the Marvel comics. And also it was so so grounded in reality. I just think they did an excellent job. Great origin story. Yep. Fully agreed. I, for my number one, it's something that's already, we've talked about a little bit, but I kind of held back some thoughts. My number one movie, or number one origin story, I should say, is Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm shocked. I thought that it was going to be Batman Begins. I couldn't believe this was that high for you. No, Guardians of the Galaxy, one, I love both Guardians movies, but I've never seen a movie that, that like I saw a trailer and I was intrigued by, but I've never seen something that kind of blew me away in the same way as this did and completely changed my expectations for what a franchise could be because Guardians is so different from the Marvel movies that preceded it and just the way that it, they use music in their movie, which is a big James Gunn characteristic, obviously. I mean, the, the cast is incredible. The music is incredible. The visuals are weird, but super colorful and interesting and I don't know. It, there's something about this movie when I think of the origin of the character, I just think of Star-Lord and I think of Drax and Gamora and Rocket Raccoon and Groot. And I'm like, 
they're they're all terrible people to <laughs> some degree, but we really see them evolve and turn into I won't say good people, but heroes. And it's just an it's just an awesome movie that even more so than other MCU movies, I can put that on at any point and I'm gonna watch it and I'm gonna have fun. I agree. Um but I do believe that my number one is better. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it was your number five, but I think that Spider-Man, the 2002 Spider-Man is the best origin story because number one, a few reasons. Number one, it basically made the model for like the modern superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Number two, it was just such a simplistic way of telling this story like about a superhero uh, and just showing like how it affects, you know, and we, you already said like with great power comes great responsibility, but how this great power affects is affected, like affects not only him and the, you know, crime, it also affects the people that are around him that that he loves. Yeah. And sorry, continue. And it also was just, I mean, obviously he has like weird, like his powers are, he has spider webs coming out of his body and he has weird powers. But other than that, it's a very like grounded universe. Like there's no multiverse or aliens so much as it is like, I mean, yeah, obviously there's weird things, but do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a very, it's as grounded as a superhero movie can be for a world, a world where a guy dresses up in green and has a hoverboard. Yeah. I mean, I just think that, Toby Maguire, like as much as we like to make fun of him for the third movie, he it, it was an amazing this I think that that trilogy, you know, number one was great and arguably number two was even better. And they just made this great, great story that kept building upon itself and I don't know. I will always find those movies to be so special. Yeah. I feel like it was when I started to fall in love with superhero movies. Yes. For those I think, films. I think that for people in our age group that that was, I mean, Batman and Robin came out a few years earlier, but the Spider-Man trilogy was like our, like you said, our first real introduction to superhero movies and I'll always have fond memories of that. I could have placed that anywhere on my list except for one, and it would have made sense. Yeah, I just think that it it's a as an origin story, like it has the best like storyline of that and like showing I mean, obviously we have we've seen in many of them the trials of the origin story, but I just feel like that one, in my opinion, does the best job of it. Yes, I fully agree. And I would say, I mean and I also say that Spider-Man is like the best superhero in my opinion. My favorite, I guess. There's just not like what's not to like about Spider-Man. I I mean honestly that there's But I'm no- also a Superman hater, so like there, there's nothing not <laughs> there's nothing to really dislike about Spider-Man. He's supposed to be this average I mean, he's not jaded because he's still a teenager. He's just a good person in yeah. a way that other superheroes aren't mm-hmm. like he just doesn't have the life experience to be super bitter <laughs> if that makes yes. sense 
yeah well that's that's my spider-man ted talk maybe one day we'll be able to talk you more about those films because i think they are great yeah i do too i think that they i think that for for many years people started saying that they were overrated which is brought them back to kind of an underrated status yeah i don't know why anyone would ever say they're overrated i'm i'm not sure i also think that like (laughs) the the ridiculousness of spider-man 3 really taints people's view because they they think of that that's what you think of and you're not thinking of these two um awesome movies that came before it i mean I think the Spider-Man 2 is arguably still like one of the best superhero movies. Yes. Like that they it had an amazing villain. Doc Ock was like whatever he whoever played him I can't remember right now but uh um, oh uh uh Alfred Molina. Yes. He was I mean that was one of like the best like performances of a villain. Oh, it was awesome. And when they cast him I was like that's the guy or, I mean in hindsight, I think this ended again at the time, but I'm like, that's the guy from Chocolat. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, and that movie's ass. I hate that movie. Um, but, so ridiculous. <laughs> no, it sucks. Um, but yeah, it, in, I mean, he was awesome. And I would, I mean, my final Marvel thought if it ever happens that they make a live action Spider Verse or like that concept, if they don't have him in some form as Doc Ock. It doesn't have to be the Doc Ock, but like one of them, I'd be so upset because he's awesome. That being said, that is our top five superhero or or not superhero. That's our top five origin movies, mainly superheroes rankings. So let us know on Instagram and Twitter. If you have any movies that are better origin stories Maybe you like Shazam starring Sinbad. Well, that is Iron Man, and that is our first, you know, dive into a bit about Marvel. So thank you so much for listening through it all and being a part of, I don't know, of say our dream. <laughs> and, making, and making it worth it for us to continue <laughs> continue to just talk to each other about movies for two hours (laughs) Uh, but before we go i just want to go over our next couple episodes because there are a lot of new movies coming out and we have uh we're just going to give you a sneak peek of what our schedule will be for the next couple weeks so so our next episode episode 21 that will be released on september 3rd we will be talking about the new bill and ted movie and then we will also maybe include some stuff about new mutants but we are more so going to be talking about bill and ted because you know we got a big bill and ted fan base uh the next episode on the 13th 10th will be about tenet no the 10th not not 13th oh sorry our next episode (laughs) yes three times 17 our next episode on the 10th will be about tenet and then our then the 23rd episode on the 17th will be about Mulan, the live action one. So I'll be also posting that on our Instagram and Twitter, just in case you forget. And if I was confusing, I probably was, but we're looking forward to doing three 
really, really exciting kind of for exciting new movies that we cannot, that we've been waiting to watch for a long time. So we can't wait to share all of our thoughts with you guys over the next couple of weeks. Uh, thank you for listening one more time and have a great night. Bye. Yep. Thanks guys. Bye. Uh, been a while since I was in front of you. I figure I'll stick to the cards this time. <laughs> <clears throat> There's been speculation that I was involved in the events that occurred the freeway and the rooftop. I'm sorry, several- Mr. Stark, but do you honestly expect us to believe that that was a bodyguard in a suit? that conveniently appeared, despite the fact that- I know that it's confusing. It is one thing to question the official story and another thing entirely to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I never said you were a superhero. Didn't? Mm -mm. Well, good, because that would be outlandish and uh, fantastic. I'm just not the the hero type, clearly, with this uh, laundry list of character defects, all the mistakes I've made. Largely public. Yeah. Truth is, I am Iron Man.